Fear doesn't have to hold you back. Doubt doesn't have to hold you back. Negativity doesn't hold you back. And i tell you why. Because you will feel all of those things for your rest of your life. I do. Instead, it's what are you gonna do with those feelings? How are you gonna to choose to respond? And what are you gonna do every single day to love, encourage, and inspire yourself to be the best you can be? And just watch the results that come in. So today's episode is a really special one. I've asked my husband, James Williams, to record a special episode just for you. He recently attended the Growth Day Conference with Brendan Burchard and a ton of his incredible world-class guests. And every day during these four, this four-day event, James came back to our house and shared all of his biggest takeaways with me. And I knew that he needed to share all of those with you. His experience was incredibly transformative and some of the golden nuggets that were shared from that stage haven't been shared anywhere else. And so I'm really excited for you to get this content and to feel like you were at the event right alongside him (laughs) and for you to transform and to understand what it really takes to go to the next level from the perspective of a few other incredible teachers and world-class mentors. So let's go ahead and dive in. Welcome to the I Hut My Life show, everybody. And um, it's my turn. It's been a while since I've recorded one of these uh, for the I Hut My Life show. But um, as Emily's husband and business partner of over eight years now, um, it's always a pleasure to uh, to dive into the I Hut My Life world and add some value. You know, we've um, we've been working together a long time. And what's wonderful about this relationship is that because we're both in the same industry, the industry of personal development, the industry of purpose and thriving and asking those great questions that mean you know what is there what is there next how can we serve greater how can we develop ourselves more and one of the ways in which we do that is going to live events it's it's going to spaces where we're surrounded by people that are, th- that are thriving that are looking to learn that are hungry um, and whether Emily and I go together or I go or she goes separately it really adds um, some spice. I know for me, as more of an extrovert, being in rooms full of excited people looking to learn, um, it always brings out the best of me. And it always, um, I always get more from it than I'm aiming to get. And so we thought this was a good opportunity for me to record an episode of the I Heart My Life show um, after having just gone to Growth Day here in Austin um, from my mentor, Brendan Bouchard. Um, and that amazing community that I've been a part of for a long time now, um, to really record an episode telling you about why I go, um, what were some of my key findings, and why I think they're really, really pertinent, you know, moving into 2023 or through 2023, especially after the last few years that we've had, where I think a lot of the world has felt kind of stagnant and maybe anxious. Now we have this opportunity to, to make some decisions, to say, do you know what? No matter what happens next, I have an opportunity to, to make the best of my life, impact those around me, um, and really be grateful for what I do have. And so that's what I'm here to record. And so I thought I'd start by just saying why I go to these events primarily. Um, and I shared a little bit just now, but I think for me, um, I always want to be learning. I always want to make sure that I'm trying to move forward. Never, ever assume that I've got it all figured out. I certainly don't. 
Um, never want to assume that I know exactly what I'm doing. And if ever I get into a feeling of coasting or, you know, this is feeling comfortable, um, I push myself further. Um, it brings me actually to one thing, if we fast forward a little bit to the event content, one thing that Ed Milet uh, said on day one, um, which was really, really interesting and I totally agree with, and it's this concept of um, adding comfort to our suffering. And what Ed was talking about there was quite often in the world, all of us have experienced times where you know, we are suffering in one way or another. We might be stressed or anxious about an experience we're having in our life. We might be stressed or anxious about um, something within ourselves that we're not happy about. And the easiest thing to do is add comfort to that suffering. And what I mean by that is to add temporary relief. Like, oh, do you know what? I'm just going to have a glass of wine at the end of the day and just, you know, numb out a little bit. Or I'm going to, you know, just numb out in front of that Netflix. Or I'm going to just buy some stuff to sort of retail therapy to make myself feel better so that I don't think about this bad situation or this bad thing going on in my life. Adding comfort to our suffering rather than honoring the suffering, moving through it and seeing the opportunity for growth. It's a really common thing, right? Um, and I know that, that I, I've done it and I probably still do it. And it's reminders like that that I think are so important that you know, quite often our, um, our pain relief now causes suffering later. Um, and that if we can learn to honor the struggle, if we can learn to you know, not be afraid to feel the struggle, hear the message behind the struggle, and actually take proactive action to evolve, change, or make choices to no longer struggle, right? We all hold the key to doing that. Um, no one else can really address our own personal struggles. Only we can do that. And by adding comfort to our suffering daily, whatever that may be, all we're doing is numbing and pushing that struggle further, further down the line. I thought that was a really important one. And so another reason why I go to these kind of events is that I want to I wanna see if I have some realizations of my own. Like where have I been adding comfort to my suffering? Where have I been avoiding growth? Where have I been allowing comfort and ease and um, you know just moving through life without growing? Where have I allowed that to happen? Because... Um, you know, as a high performer, as someone who's always thriving and moving forward, um, obviously there are times that feel stressful, that feel a lot. And the easiest thing in the world to do is just say, oh, I'm just going to, you know, add some comfort to this suffering because the idea of growth feels like too much right now. Who's ever felt like that? Who's ever felt, oh, do you know what? I need to just not learn anymore. I need to not read another book. I need to not do a course. I just need to just not learn. I'm just, I'm just done. I need to just chill for a bit, right? Seems like a great idea. But if you're doing that um, whilst you're suffering, maybe you're forgetting that actually the learning, you know, the, um, the considering, the, the, the moving through the struggle is the thing that's gonna make you feel better. That maybe the exhaustion is being in the struggle. And so avoiding addressing it is only gonna maintain that exhaustion for longer, right? So it's one of the main reasons I go. And before I ever go to a big event, I always ask myself, you know, over the last few years, 
so many books, so many courses, so much content absorbed, I asked myself, how much of all of this knowledge that I've absorbed have I actually integrated? How much of it, it has, have I changed my life because of? How much of it is, is a part of my life in a habitual way? Um, and how much of it is just a book I've read and put down and never really done anything with it? The answers to those questions help me download whatever I need to download at an event. It, it brings forth some awareness about where I'm actually at and what it is I want to hear. And yet, the funny thing is, I'll go to an event and I will learn something or realize something that I wasn't even looking to learn. But that's what being open is. And um, whether it's an event, whether it's just daily life, learning to be open rather than allowing that bubble of comfort to sort of uh, surround you and blind your perspective from the rest of the world um, is a great exercise because when we're open, we see opportunity, right? Um, there have been people in my life that have told me that I'm lucky. Oh, James, you're so lucky. You're so lucky things happen. These things, you're so lucky. Luck is something that, you know, in my view, luck is being open and aware enough to notice opportunity. That's all luck is, right? Um, you know, if there are two guys walking down the street and there's a, you know, $100 bill on the street and one, one of these people is distracted in, in their head and the other person's open and aware, guess which one's lucky enough to see that $100 bill and pick it up, right? It's the person that's open and aware and conscious of their surroundings and present. And so it's a state that I really try to master, a state that I really try to absorb, especially now as a new father with this beautiful little girl who's changing every single day. Being present and open and aware of every, every moment um, is, uh, is something that is even more uh, on my mind to do right now. So moving on to the event. So this was a four-day event. Um, and obviously, one of the main reasons I, I went to this event is, is for Brendan, my mentor, the guy that um, has really taught me a lot. Um, it's been a wonderful example uh, to follow in my life. And um, of course, he was also um, incredible, right? I've heard the story a million times that he tells. And, but it, it always comes back down to the same thing for me. And, and it, that really is, it is our responsibility to experience the world the way we want to experience it. That if at any point we feel resentful or we feel, you know, upset or disappointed in our life, um, as long as we understand that we're the only ones that can do anything about that, you're in a good place. Because it's way too easy to blame circumstance or people for um, a negative experience that we're having. And I think that that's one reason why Brendan is such a happy guy, is that he takes responsibility for how he experiences the world. That doesn't mean that everything is wonderful and rosy in his life. It just means that he can bounce out of a place that he doesn't want to be in very quickly because he owns that responsibility. It's what we call our response ability, right? Our ability to respond rather than sitting back and waiting for something else to change for us to be happy we take it upon ourselves to respond in a way that is in alignment with the best of who we are. And that's something I've taken very seriously over the last few years. 
One speaker that was um, was new for me that I'd never heard before that was fantastic was Ed Milet. So Ed came on and spoke, you know, had 2,000 people in tears. What an amazing guy. Uh, what an amazing example. An amazing story. For those of you that haven't ever heard of Ed Milet, I definitely recommend looking up his podcast, uh, The Ed Milet Show. Really, really wonderful content. Really great guy. Been there, done it. Uh, got the t-shirt. Um, and so, you know, hearing from people that have really started with nothing, that really have been through the struggle, honored the struggle, and rather than allowed the struggle to be the thing that takes them down, been the person that has responded from the best version of themselves, failed a million times, but taken it upon themselves to respond and worked their way through all the struggle to gradually get stronger and stronger and stronger um, realize what's important in life and, and they're thriving not only financially but emotionally spiritually uh, relationships and had a huge impact on people in his life um, it's that's I admire that you know um, one of the things that Ed you know really talks about and it's I think it's very important when you're in a position of influence or if you're uh, you know telling stories or if you're on stage and that is revealing our imperfections. You know, Ed was very quick to to express, um, you know, where he'd failed and where he's what he's still working on. I think that it's very common uh, to put people on a pedestal. Um, I actually only had a client the other day who was surprised to hear me say that I also struggle, that I also have doubts in myself and I have lacking of confidence in myself. And she was really surprised by that. Um, and it made me realize that, man, maybe I'm not, um, I'm not connecting with others by revealing my imperfections. I think because maybe previously I thought, well, I, I'm not the guy that complains. I'm not a complainer. I don't complain about things. But this isn't about complaining. This is about connecting. You know, when someone expresses that, you know, they don't feel confident enough to achieve what they want to achieve and you've achieved that thing. I think it's it's a great connection tool to express to them. I struggle with that too, you know. So that exact example with my client, you know, who has some confidence issues up and down, and um, and I still struggle with confidence now. And I think that's part of the human condition. I I I don't imagine a time where I will consistently just be confident all the time. Um, I honor the, those emotions. I honor those times that I feel like I'm not confident because it reveals to me areas where I haven't, A, gained skill and competency in an area that is important to my growth, or B, I haven't highlighted and celebrated my wins enough, right? Which I'm sure we're all guilty of at times. Um, you know, I, I, I hold what I call a, a recovering giver's coin. And this is a coin, like an imaginary coin that I hold because I've been guilty and, I, and still am guilty at times of self-sacrificing in order to um, please others, which on the surface seems like a great thing. What a nice guy, you know, putting himself out to, to help other people. But years in this work made me realize that actually, if I really want to be of service to those that I love and those that I serve, um, it's very important that I do that from a full cup. It's very important that I understand where that line is um, and not go past it, to not deplete myself 
um, in service of others so that I can serve others with more vibrancy and impact. Uh, really, really important. And as a father, especially now, that um, whilst our little girl is so young and small and th just over three months old and it, there's so many adventures and inconsistencies and she's learning and growing, I must look after myself so that when she's up and she's awake, she gets a present, vibrant father. Because if I was self-sacrificing and not paying attention to my health and not finding time to work out and not making sure I was eating well um, and, and not working on my career when I can, um, then she would be getting a, a less vibrant, a less happy, a less present and a less energized dad. And I don't want that for her. So I'm saying this because in your life, if there are people that look to you for advice, that look to you because you have achieved something or you ex express something that they admire, make sure that you, you help them understand that, um, that you've struggled too. There's not a single person on this planet that, that has achieved a lot of things um, that hasn't been in a place of struggle. But maybe we don't talk about it enough because we think it's complaining, but it's not. You know, we don't have to complain about our lives, but expressing how we've moved through struggle and how maybe we still move through struggle, this is what connects us. And it was a great reminder from Ed. You know, it removes those pedestals that we put people on. We're all just human beings. We're all just having this human experience. We're all just trying our best. Um, and we all struggle and we all have bad days. And connecting on those things not only brings us together, but it gives us all an opportunity to serve and, and support each other, right? And I think that's a great reminder from, from someone uh, who really has been an example of that in his life. Um, really wonderful example. Um, I know for me that people, is, people are so important, like connecting with people is very important to me. Um, and it was a reminder to me that I don't have to, I don't have to put on a front. I don't have to pretend to be anything I'm not. And that the easiest person to be is, is who you are each day, right? And you can be grateful and you can still be thriving even on those bad days. But when you, when you need help and you need someone to talk to, make sure you ask for that. Yeah, that's really important. Um, I've had two friends in my life that, that, I, that you know, we've lost to suicide. And you know, I always reflect upon what would have happened if, if they'd felt that permission to be able to speak to someone and trust someone with how they're feeling. Say, so, look, this is, I'm, I'm in a bad, dark place. And not feel like they've got to put a strong, brave face on for, their, for those around them. Um, you know, maybe it would have been a different outcome and you know we all know in the world right now there especially after the last few years you know through the pandemic there are a lot of people that that may still be in a bad place and maybe they don't feel like they can talk to anyone about it maybe they feel like they have to put on a brave face for their family or their friends or their position that they're in so if you know anyone that that that, that you suspect needs needs a helping hand needs a hug or just needs a phone call to say i love you i'm thinking about you maybe do that today you know maybe just call someone up that, that you feel needs some love and just tell them that you're thinking about them 
right? That would be the biggest gift I think you could give someone and so easy to do, so easy to do. We don't have to solve people's problems, but maybe if we, we learn to connect a bit more and just, just rang that person and just said, I love you, I'm thinking about you and I'm here anytime you need to talk would be a really wonderful gift. That's my ask of you at the beginning of this podcast. That's, that's all I ask. So let's talk about um, one of the next really important things from this event, which again was Ed Milet. Um, that was something I know, but the way he put it was so important. And it, it helped me as a coach to serve. Um, and it was, you know, one of those, one of those uh, answers when people say, well, what does it, what makes someone successful? Right? Especially if we're talking about those entrepreneurial driven business owners that just want success. They've chosen to ride the roller coaster rather than the merry-go-round. They've, they've chosen that life that's full of ups and downs. And it's like, yes, but I want to do something amazing. I want to make an impact. I want to make money and have financial freedom and, and freedom to, to choose what I want to do, where I want to live and make sure that I, my, my family are not wanting for anything. What is the difference about those people that are successful and those that aren't? Uh, in a world where there are actually more entrepreneurs than ever, there are a lot of people that want to start their own businesses and be successful. What is it? And there are many things. But this thing was very interesting. Um, and it is the tolerance for reps. The tolerance for reps. Why do I say this? Especially at the beginning of any new journey, any new jo goal, Right? Whether that's a business goal or a personal goal, whether it's I'm on a weight loss journey or I'm building a business, whatever it is, at the very beginning, um, you know, it's a bit like the, the analogy of the plane taking off. You need a lot more fuel at the beginning. And at the very beginning of any journey, you're putting in the reps, right? You're learning, you're integrating, you're implementing, you're doing all the things. And at the very beginning, it doesn't seem like much is happening, right? And how often as a coach have I had clients say, but James, I've been doing the work. I'm doing it every day and nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. Am I doing it wrong? Can I even do this? Should I give up, right? Or the phrase I heard the other week, should I cut my losses? <gasps> it's so interesting. The analogy we could use for this is the gym, right? Let's say... You're, you're on a weight loss journey, right? And for a month, you're going to the gym every day and you're doing everything the trainer told you. And a month in, you've barely seen any progress and you feel disheartened and you're like, it's not working. But the truth is, if you, you've been putting in the reps and something is working. But quite often, whether it's personal or professional, intrinsic or extrinsic, Sometimes those initial reps are building the foundations of the result that is going to happen down the line, right? And if we can just tolerate those reps, especially those reps where we don't see a lot of progress, if we can tolerate those reps and keep going, you'll find that they're the people that find success because they're patient enough and they understand a little bit like the story of the, um, of the bamboo tree. They understand, like with the bamboo tree, that there's a lot of growth under the soil that needs to happen, a lot of foundational growth that needs to happen before that first sprout comes out of the ground. 
And in the case of the bamboo tree, it can be up to a year before there's even a sign of growth. But you've got to keep nurturing that ground, watering that ground. And then once there's that initial breakthrough, right? Once a, once a significant start to result comes to fruition, things then speed up, right? Once it really starts happening, boom, the growth happens. And so if you can tolerate the reps, and I think really even more important than that, and this wasn't mentioned, it's not just about reps, but trying to improve each rep as well. You know, and I say this because it's very easy for someone to take this the wrong way and say, oh yeah, I, I, I do that over and over and over again. I keep doing it. But we've got to make sure that those reps are quality reps, right? So quantity and quality. That if you're putting in the reps every day, whatever it is you're doing, you're putting the effort in. If after each rep, after each effort, you're thinking, how could that, how could the next effort be a little bit better? 1% better. If you're doing that and you're putting in the reps and you're conscious about making each rep a little bit better, those, re those results are going to come in. But rather than be fueled by the result coming in, if you can find fuel in the process, right, in the recognition of how each rep is a little bit better, that in itself is a, is a goal, right? I did, I did one more rep or that bit of copy on my website was a bit better or, you know, that thing I achieved today was just a little bit better. If we can find gratitude and competency and confidence in those little reps and the progress that we make, that gets to be the fuel. And then what happens, you progress even faster. Because that's another thing that was spoke about in this event, a number of times from different perspectives. And that is something that's, I think one of the main perception issues in the world right now. And this, this, this is this idea of depth perception, that success is actually a lot closer than you think it is. But when our view of success is that it's so far away, it's miles away, what can, what can happen is A, we can not be very tolerant of those reps because it's like, it's so far away, I'm not seeing any results, I may as well give up. Or we think it's so far away that we're, we're not putting in the quality effort because why bother? It's not gonna happen for so long, why bother? And then effort starts to dwindle, reps start to dwindle, and then we've got the whole New Year's resolution, quit after a month thing all over again. So even if I said nothing else on this podcast, that alone, if you really think about it, is so important. So whatever it is that for you is important right now, whatever that goal, whatever it is you want to be proud of by the end of 2023, or whenever you're listening to this podcast, if you can just focus on tolerating those reps even without seeing results and gaining fuel from improving the quality of those reps, you're gonna get those results pretty soon before you know it. But you've gotta got hang on in there, okay? And one way you can do that, and I'll go back to the, one of the first things I said on this podcast, one of the ways you can do that is to, is to really pay attention to how you thrive every day. And so, you know, during this event, this idea of um, honoring the struggle or not adding comfort to the struggle um, is, is a really important one. So 
when I go to events like this, I always think about my days. I reflect on my days and I think, where in my days am I avoid, what am I avoiding looking at that I know is holding me back, that is causing a lack of motivation, that is, you know, slowing me down? Um, and am I adding comfort to that to make that struggle more tolerable so that I'm not addressing it? It's a really important thing to look at, you know, because when we identify that thing and then we identify what the comfort is we're adding, it's a very quick shift, right? Quite often it's avoidance, you know, whether it's scrolling on social media or, you know, blindly scrolling through Netflix and not even watching anything you're that interested in just so you don't have to deal with your monkey mind that is driving you crazy, right? We all have that. And what, instead of avoiding those things, what could you do to address those things? What could you do? One idea I've got for you um, is, uh, is some kind of meditation practice, some kind of mindfulness practice. And I'll tell you why. Because the truth about stress and those busy minds that we have is that if you can recognize that there is no discomfort in the present moment, there is no stress, anxiety, or fear in the present moment. That all negative emotion is associated with something that might happen in the future or something that has happened in the past. But in this moment, right here, right now, all that exists is any noises you hear or how, how comfortable you feel or any sensations in your body or the air in the room. That's all that exists. And so if you can find a practice to be in that moment more often, that instead of avoiding the discomfort, that's a powerful way of releasing the discomfort and then coming back to it with a clear mind to take action that's gonna help you move forward, that's gonna help you take action that will remove the suffering from your life rather than avoiding it. If you're looking for something for that, if you go to my website, thegrowthedge.com, you can download my three-room theory, my Master Your Busy Mind download. It's free. Download it. Um, it's a great opportunity, a great exercise for, for practicing presence, and it will really, really serve you. Okay? So what about next? You, you heard me mention this earlier on. Um, I said this earlier, that for those of you listening to this that you know, you have a pod, you have a, a new business or you, you have a business or you're an entrepreneur or you're, you don't want that just standard nine to five life like everyone else. You want to do something more with your life. You're hungry for more. You know you're capable of more. Um, maybe you're already there. Maybe you're thriving and you're an entrepreneur and you're doing some amazing stuff. During those moments of struggle, during those moments where it all feels a bit much, just remember this. Um, you chose to ride the roller coaster and not the merry-go-round, right? The merry-go-round, it just goes round and round. You see the same thing all the time with the same people and it's not predict it's very predictable, the same things happen, right? And it's just round and round, there's nowhere really else to go and it feels safe. And then there's the roller coaster, this is what we chose, right? It's up, it's down, it's twist, it's left, it's right and sometimes it's uncomfortable and sometimes it's fun, sometimes it's scary. But there are so many different places to go and there is so much opportunity there. 
And sometimes when it feels a bit much and you, you almost admire those living the, the, round, the merry-go-round life, just remember you chose to ride the roller coaster. Honor that. Because it takes a very special person to ride the roller coaster. Um, and if we've chosen to ride the roller coaster rather than the merry-go-round, it's important for us to think, okay, so how do I survive the roller coaster? Right? Not knowing what's around the next bend. Not knowing whether I'm going to be going up or down or loop the loop. How do I survive it? And it's events like this you hear from many, many people on this, right? And it all comes down to the same thing. It all comes down to being very, very present about your experience. You know, how you fuel yourself, where you're allowing pain, discomfort, and stress into your life, how you manage your, your stress. Um, one of, the, one of the, my favorite quotes from this event um, around this was, to the extent you respond is the extent you are alive. So it goes back to that idea of responsibility again. How are, you, how are you responding to life right now? Because it's to that extent that you're alive. If you're responding to life with blame, resentment, stress, judgment, then that's the life that you're going to be experiencing. If you're, if you're um, responding to life with curiosity and problem-solving mind and gratitude and everything that is forward motion and, and positive and, um, and progressive, that will be your, the life that you live. So really think about that. And, and quite often these things are subconscious. So one thing that I do is that, you know, I'll go through a period of really heavily journaling what I'm thinking right so that it doesn't disappear and hide you know the ego can be tricky so i'll write down how did i respond to that situation today when i you know had that disagreement with that person or when that person did that thing that i didn't like or when that thing happened or you know maybe the some a project failed or you know um whatever it was how did i respond write it down write it down in emotions what were my emotions how did i respond to that and then after that response how did i feel because that feeling is the life that you've chosen. And so after that note taking, you get an opportunity to, you know, set yourself a challenge for a week to say, okay, I'm now going to respond this way. Write down some words, replace how you did respond with the way you would like to respond. Uh, and and honour that. Um, we get to habitualize our behaviour consciously when we really think about who we are at our best and how we would like to automatically be responding to the world because that's just going to make you happy you know and a happy person is uh, someone who can lead and love and serve and impact with 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 a huge amount of impact um, and so it's worth thinking about are you loving this episode so much so that you want to know how you can work directly with james well, get yourself into the I Heart My Life membership. Every other month, he's in there leading a group coaching call, and he's also created some incredible trainings that you can dive into immediately once you sign up. He's an incredible teacher, mentor, and coach certified in many different areas of the business of you. So if you were looking to take yourself to the next level, and that includes health, wellness, mindset, influence, leadership, all those key components of creating a life that you love, get into the membership and work with James directly. Go to iheartmylife.com slash membership today. 
Okay, so one of the next things that um, was really impactful for me at this event, uh, which if you know me, um, and I've said earlier on this podcast that I hold this recovering giver's coin, right? I learned to receive love as a child by doing things for others, mainly because, you know, at school, you know, the school system didn't work for me. I wasn't a great student. I was a polite, I was a good kid, you know, but, you know, I was very easily distracted. I didn't always do my homework with a lot of effort. Uh, I was a very average grade, you know, didn't really thrive. I had to retake maths and English. Um, I didn't, I didn't thrive um, in the school system. And so I learned to receive praise by being, by being a nice guy, right? By being nice to people, by doing nice things for people. That's how I learned to receive praise. Rather than praise for getting me straight A's and, and all the rewards, I learned to receive praise by being the good guy, right? And they, there was something that was said at this event that really hit home for me, and it was a reminder for me. And that is to, um, to be a good guy rather than a nice guy. And what was meant by that statement was, if at any time your actions to be um, nice to those around you goes against your values or your integrity or is in some way self-sacrificing, then don't do it. Be a good guy instead. And sometimes a good guy isn't liked by other people because that good guy or good woman is doing something that is out of integrity for how they behave, right? And that's really important. That sometimes I've definitely been guilty of being the nice guy instead of being the good guy, right? Um, so that was a reminder for me, that be the good guy, which means stand up for your values, be out of integrity and know that and I you know it's so interesting I say this to my clients all the time but it's a reminder for me the only person whose opinion matters at the end of the day is yours if you're proud of how you showed up that means you've been a good guy or a good woman you've been out of integrity to yourself and not only is that good for you but it is good for other people as well because if you're acting out of integrity to please right you're using other people for their energy and you're lying because if you're acting out of integrity just to make someone happy even though it goes against what you believe you're lying and that's not good for that person right that's a short-term gain for long-term pain response and so again everything for me right now is how I show up doubling down on that because I want to be a good guy for my daughter, right? If I don't recognize the fact that she is show she is modeling how me and Emily are showing up and she's very young right now, so it might not be very obvious how she's modeling that, but she is, she's watching. And if she models just to fold and to just be nice and be out of integrity just to receive love from other people, she's not gonna grow up to be the strong, confident, self-assured woman that I know she's gonna be. And so I have to be a model of that. Emily has to be a model of that. 
right? To be a good guy, stand-up guy, stand-up woman that knows their value, that shows up with integrity. And when something goes against that integrity, it's no thank you. Um, and it's okay if other people don't agree. It's okay if someone's upset. It doesn't mean we have to be you know, mean or angry or judgmental, but it means that we can say no when it's a no, um, even if it's upsetting someone. Even if that person is a friend or a family member, being a good guy, being a good woman, knowing what integrity means to you, even if other people don't agree, is very, very important. And that was, you know, that was, um, that was a huge highlight. You know, it's when these events happen for me. One of my one of my core values is uh, is integrity, and you know, I truly believe as a high performance coach that. If we are gonna be the best version of ourselves, we need to A, know who that is, right? What the values that embody this person are and am I showing up like that every day, right? Is that the person that you're seeing every day? That's important to me because I believe that if we know how to show up out of integrity, we can be the best version of ourselves and the best version of ourselves makes best, the best decisions that we can make. Right, has the ability to generate energy, has the ability to be present, make bold decisions. That's a high performer right there. And if I could break down high performance into the simplest thing, it would be integrity. You know, growth, personal growth especially, is actually more about integrity than it is about habits. Because habits thought of as a task that you tick and do you know, it's very easy to, to let yourself off from doing that. Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I forgot today. But when you're thinking about it as integrity and you understand why it's necessary for you to show up today, for you to do that thing that you promised yourself you'd do, to do that workout or to eat that right food or to drink that water or to have that difficult conversation. When it's a question of integrity every day, suddenly, you know, you realize that the, the habit is just the tool. But when you hold yourself accountable for being out of integrity, for being the best version of you, that's different, right? And that's really, really in, important to me. And so another thing that, um, that really hit home at this event um, was understanding our motivations for growth as well. I was listening to a podcast the other day um, it was actually Ed Milet's podcast. So this is another thing about events is sometimes they lead you to other people out there. So I'm sure after listening to this, you'll probably pick up Ed Milet's podcast and listen to his, which is great. Um, when we understand how we're motivated, that also helps. One of the interviews I was listening uh, to Ed, uh, he was interviewing a guy who was a psychiatrist and they were talking about narcissistic behavior and how since the 80s, there's been a huge shift towards narcissism. And if you think about what narcissism is, really, you know, when someone has an emptiness inside them, normally due to insecurity developed at a young age, um, they fill that emptiness by external means, right? And sometimes those external means create behaviors that are not particularly nice. But there's a subtle level of narcissism that since the 80s is commonplace in the world today. Like all of us are a little bit narcissistic, especially with social media, right? We are waiting for likes 
on social media. We want people to comment on our stuff and look at our pictures and look at our lives and make us feel good about ourselves because we won the thing or we, you know, someone likes what we're doing. Um, and that's kind of a common thing in the world and that was worrying to me because I've never thought of myself as narcissistic. Um, and so from that podcast, I thought to myself, I thought, well, James, how are you motivated? What motivates you? And specifically, and this is a great question to ask yourself, what motivates you when no one's watching? What would you, what would you be driven to achieve if no one ever knew you achieved it? No one ever knew it was you. No one's watching. What would you be motivated to do? That's a really good question to ask you because the answer to that question will be deeply tied to your purpose, will be deeply tied to the thing that actually means something to you. That's not about doing it because you know other people will be impressed. It's because deep down in your soul, you know there's something purposeful in that for you. So ask yourself that question. What motivates you when no one's watching? The answer for me was, I'm so motivated to understand the human condition um, and share that, right? I don't, I don't actually do a lot on my social media, right? And after this question, I felt a lot better about that. <laughs> and I'm not judging those who, who spend a lot of time on social media, right? It's, it's a wonderful tool that we use. But for me, um, I've always been very motivated to, to be around people in real life, to connect with people in real life. And when I really think about what I do unconsciously, like habitually, it's when I, when I learn something I know can serve someone else or I meet someone who should meet another person and connect them, that, I do that all the time. That's not a business model. That's not something I earn money from. Um, it's just something I've always done. Um, I genuinely get a lot of joy from figuring out how to make other people happy. Um, and maybe that came from that recovering giver thing. Maybe that came from me learning to receive, uh, you know, to be enough from that. But the truth is now I'm in a place where I, I fuel myself and I put myself first. I still want to serve others. I still want to do it. It just means my ability to do so is much, much greater. And so as long as I am focusing on and working on the things that I would do if no one was watching, I know that the side result of that will be success, right? I will get the money and I will probably get the recognition. But the most important thing is, is that I'm doing the work that feels purposeful to me. So ask yourself that same question, right? What are you motivated to do when no one's watching? If no one knew you did it, right? What are those things? That'd be a really, really great question to constantly ask yourself. and through the answers to that, pivot your business, pivot your decision-making to make sure that what you're doing is, is making you happy. Because I tell you what, motivation needs purpose to work, right? It's in the word motivation. We need a motive to be inspired and to take action. And so whether it's a personal journey, like a fitness journey or a health journey, or whether it's a business journey, when the motivation is pure purposeful, purely purposeful, um, it's very easy to be motivated to do it because there's something within you that burns and like lights up when you're focusing in that direction. And 
if we can get your if you can get your businesses or anything you're working on to be more purposeful trust me the success is going to be easy for you right the next question that was asked around that, that i found really really interesting um which for me was interesting was what would you be doing if it was impossible to disappoint someone so again i work with a lot of entrepreneurs and leaders and people that in their lives have done things pretty big and bold that have all felt a level of judgment from you know old friends and old family that thought they were crazy for for taking action and too risky and and almost like who the hell do you think you are trying to do that right you'll never do that um i love working with people like that these these like as Robin Sharma would say, the future belongs to the oddballs, the misfits, and the visionaries. The people that are, are viewed to be a little bit odd, a little bit crazy, and a little bit wacky to everyone else because they try things that haven't been done before or they try things that are hard, uh, hard to achieve. At the beginning of those journeys, when I speak to people that want to take that action, they really want to achieve the big thing, but they're getting so much judgment um, um, from people around them that they're afraid of really putting themselves out there. And so they hold back, they dim their light. Um, a great question to ask yourself is, what would you be doing if, it, if you knew that no one would be disappointed, no one would judge you, no one would, would uh, question what you're doing, what would you be doing? Because again, the answer there is, is a purposeful-based question. Then all you've got to do is, is learn to move forward despite the judgment right which is a whole other conversation but a really really important one you know it was a four-day event um and i i could take you through everything but the highlight real real for me from every single speaker really um was this whole idea of responsibility that you know sure you can learn marketing strategies fitness strategies you know, uh, success strategies. You can learn all the extrinsic strategies and modalities and skills that, that um, the most successful people get master and become successful. You can learn all that stuff. But let me tell you right now, again and again, year after year after year, the most important thing, the, the thing that those that have a successful life, when I say successful, I'm not just talking about they've got money in the bank. I'm talking about those that are happy and have a sense of freedom um, and are thriving and yes, financially successful. Those people take full responsibility for showing up at their best and they know how to do that. They focus on themselves and understand that their results that they get outside of them are a result of how they show up. You know, so often I'll work with business owners that they just want to know the, the business strategy. They don't, then they, they're not really focusing on personal development. They're like, ah, that doesn't really matter, right? It's everything. That's why I call it the business of you, right? This business is responsible for everything that you do. If this business isn't functioning the best that it could possibly function, then everything that you touch is getting a depleted version of effort. And that leaves me with a great reflection. Ed, Ed is getting a big shout out on this podcast. A great reflection that Ed, Ed spoke about, right? Ed's a, Ed's a Christian. But whether you're a Christian or not, right? Whatever your belief system is, 
what I liked about what Ed said, um, he, he, he has a vision of what he believes um, happens when you die, right? And I loved it. And so I'm gonna share it with you. What he said, uh, what he believes is that when you die, you know, you go up to those pearly gates of heaven and you meet yourself, but not just yourself. You meet the best possible version of yourself. The version that it was, it's the best version you could ever have become if you'd have done everything right, right? And it's never about perfection because maybe we can never be that. But he's like, you meet that version of you. You meet that version of you and that version of you has a conversation with you. He said, James, well done, you did well. You did this thing and here you stumbled a little bit and maybe you wasted a bit of time here and you're a bit of a victim there, but then you overcame that and you did this thing, well done. And from that view, he was like, you know, in that way, heaven and hell is just the response that you get from that best version of you. Because if you, if you get to those pearly gates and you meet that best version of you and you reflect upon your life and you look back and you're like, I knew what I, what I needed to do when I was very, very young and I didn't do it. That feeling, that for Ed and for me, that would be hell, right? To know that you, that you knew what, what you could do. You knew the opportunities you had. And you knew that all that was holding you back was fear, doubt, or negativity, or all three. And so therefore, the goal is to get as close to that person as possible, right? And it's not about being perfect, right? In fact, you know, going through suffering and, and, and making mistakes is what makes us great. So my goal, hearing that is, you know, to figure out, A, who is that guy? Who is, how, what is the best version of me? Who, who, who is he? And I'm not just talking about achievements or money. I'm talking about character and, and, you know, integrity. Who is that guy? And what can I do every day to get closer to him? So that when I meet him on, the, on that final day, you know, we're just smiling at each other. And, you know, we know between us that I, I did pretty well. So I'm gonna leave you with that thought. And I want you to listen to this without any guilt or fear or doubt or judgment or pressure, but instead listen to it with opportunity and excitement that fear doesn't have to hold you back. Doubt doesn't have to hold you back. Negativity doesn't hold you back. And I'll tell you why, because you will feel all of those things for your rest of your life, I do. Instead, it's what are you gonna do with those feelings? How are you gonna to choose to respond? And what are you gonna do every single day to love, encourage, and inspire yourself to be the best you can be? And just watch the results that come in. Because the real goal is you just showing up the best you can be. Everyone else around you will benefit. And the results that come into your life will feel like a benefit. But the real benefit is, you know, when you get to the end, and you look at how you showed up and the, and the, the struggles that you moved through, um, that's a good place to be. So have a wonderful day. I hope this was of service to you. Um, there were so many other notes, maybe I'll do another one. But have a wonderful day. Please love yourself. Please be the best you can be. 
and I'll speak to you soon. You take care. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the I Heart My Life show. Now do us a favor and tell people about this episode. It's truly our duty to make sure that the I Heart My Life movement is spread far and wide. The truth is life can be challenging, but it is possible for all women to love themselves and their lives. And while you're at it, send a link to this episode to three of your friends today, or maybe even post it on social media. Use the hashtag IHurtMyLifeShow. That's hashtag IHurtMyLifeShow. And if you'd like to help me personally, then please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give us some stars, cheer us on, and leave a review. Because believe it or not, that stuff actually really does help. And I read all of them. Please remember everything you desire is meant for you and possible. Keep showing up, taking action, and believing in your dreams.